0: Hello and welcome to the Surviving Danger Close podcast. SDC's mission is to help begin the conversation of healing and begin normalizing the effects of trauma. SDC will bring insight to the family and friends of those affected by trauma. Join us as we discuss Surviving Danger Close. This is episode zero, the introductions to your hosts and to the mission of SDC. We also explain the reason behind our name. You can join the discussion on our Facebook page or check out our YouTube channel of the same name. Before we start the show, we want to give a thank you to Warriors Hope for sponsoring this podcast. They are a nonprofit serving veterans here at home with dinners and other activities to connect veterans with other veterans. Check out their Facebook page or online at warriors hope.org. Thank you for listening. Okay, we're recording.
1: I thought we'd get more like of a, you know, countdown or something, not hey, you're on. Yeah. Well, good evening. Uh,
2: how you doing? Good. Good. Welcome to Surviving Danger Close. Um, my name's Dustin. And I'm John. And I am a veteran. I was in the Army. And you were...
1: I was also a veteran, or am a veteran. I was in the Air Force, and then uh, well, got into law chair. enforcement.
2: <laughs> Air Force, Air Force, you know. That's all right. And uh, so, I guess I am also the assistant director of Warriors Hope, and that is a <clears throat> organization in Tuscola County, and it also reaches out to Sanilac, Huron, Tennessee, uh, not this county, the state. Um, We're basically put there to help veterans win the battle after the war. And um, we'll get into the story later, but a cupboard door actually brought John and I uh, our paths (laughs) to cross. When the embarrassment drops out, I'll I'll tell that story on here. Uh, But uh, our paths crossed, and you were part of a first responder team that helped Yeah. first responder. I'll let you explain it because you right. know what you want to say and do
1: <laughs> Well, thanks. Um, I have been a first responder for 12 years. Uh, I am in law enforcement as well as fire department and it became quite clear um, through an, my own experience uh, of a critical incident that there was nothing to assist first responders uh, with a critical incident or how to process the stressors of going or living through a critical incident.
0: And when you say critical incident, what are you meaning by that?
1: Uh, it can be anything that affects you negatively, whether it be a moral or a mental health injury.
0: All right? Um,
2: oh, and that voice you just heard, that's our producer. Um, he just got that title. <laughs> do you want to introduce yourself?
0: Yeah, I'll do a quick inter- introduction. Hey, I'm Jared Narcon. I'll be uh, just producing, getting it out there, and asking all of you, all of your civilian-type questions Because unlike these two, I did not serve, and I am not a first responder of any kind. So I'll be your guide through this for any civilian. And that totally makes him more than
1: qualified for this position.
2: Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to throw out stuff that veterans and first responders be like, yeah, I know exactly what they're talking about. And those that are not in this line of work or somebody in the family, they'll be like, what the heck?
1: Right? (laughs) You know, and um, you know, with the mental health and the moral injuries, a lot of times we get into, whether it be in the military or in, in first responders, is we want to help people. Um, mm-hmm. And when we get to a point where in our careers where we realize sometimes we can't help everyone or save everyone um, or there's a direct um, case that you may be investigating or a medical call that you go to, and it really shakes you to the to the core or to the to your actual being because you have a set of morals for this world and the first time that you see a child become victimized that that shakes you Mm -hmm. Uh, so it was really important for me to reach out to my first responder friends and family uh, across the county um, and explain that we don't have to just get over things anymore Uh, the, the job is it can be depressing there are situations, budgets, er, you know, the environment in this country over law enforcement in general, um, mm. and as well as the stressors of the just everyday job. Uh, I took it upon myself in my last uh, endeavor <clears throat> to try and include the wives and the children in that because mm. ultimately when we get done with a call, um, whether it be traumatic or we see our, our children in that car maybe, um, you know, we have to go home and, and be a normal husband and be a normal father. And, uh, you know, it's troubling. Um, I remember getting the phone call from my daughter, my oldest daughter. She's uh, 20, going to be turning 21. And she was involved in a car accident. I know. I'm going to have to take a week off just to get my liver ready. Uh, she wants to do a wine tour. I don't know about this. Good luck. I prefer a beer crawl. But anyway, uh, um, you know, I would gotten a, a phone call from a friend and, uh, she had called me actually and said she was involved in an accident, you mm. know, and it's, it's a parent's worst nightmare. Absolutely. And, um, I, I may have exceeded the speed limit in my personal vehicle and, uh, I got on scene and, you know, it it was crazy because I turned in the turned the cop mode and, uh, the, the accident was, you know, being taken care of and there's my baby girl, you know, and you're trying to calm her down and, you know, everything. And it was just kind of crazy to me and. Uh, Her leg was shattered and had to have it um, put back together and and, uh, things like that. But, yeah, you know, it's just life goes on. And, and unfortunately, um, we're in situations where it will go on without us if we're not careful. I like
2: how you said you went into cop mode. Um, You know, being a veteran, you know, you were in for 12, 13 years, veteran? I retired at 15 years. Oh, 15 years. Um, I was in for five, one deployment. Um, I was supposed to take my second deployment, but medical discharge was my exit. So I didn't have a choice in the matter. It was all of a sudden, you can't do this? Well, see ya. I'm like, well, what do you mean? Let me, kick me out when I get back. Right. You know, let me right. go with my boys. Let me go with my guys that I've helped train. Let me go over there with, you know, essentially your family. Right. Absolutely. And <clears throat> then you're out. And, you know, even now, you know, you said cop mode. You got... You know, for you, you've got first responder mode. You've got veteran mode, dad mode, civilian mode. Yeah, you know, We have all these different modes that we go into. Um, you know, I have veteran mode. I'm also working in foster care. I'm also a therapist. Uh, I'm also a dad. You know, so it's we have these different modes we get into, and it's trying to, we don't want those to touch. No. It's like guys' brains. We got stuff in a box. You know, we got a candy dish here. If it's not in our hand or in our mouth, it stays in that dish. <laughs> right. We don't want it to spill over. And sometimes when that, that starts spilling over in each other's box, we get upset. See, guys, are OCD in our own minds. <laughs> and the surviving danger close for military, for those that are veterans that are listening, we know what that is. And for the civilian world, um, we'll explain this for Jared's benefit, um, Danger close means I'm dropping ordinances really close to where our guys are at. We're identifying ourselves by terrain, buildings, smoke. You know, this is where we're at, and we know you're going to be dropping an ordinance close, whether it be your sevens, your fighter jets, the A-10s. And
0: when you say dropping ordinance.
2: Oh, yeah, dropping ordinance. Um, you're our ordinance expert. I'll let you take this one, Air Force. <laughs> we just, uh, <clears throat> well, yeah, we make stuff that goes boom. Yeah, and... The, being infantry, we like to watch those things go boom. Um, yeah, so it's mainly dropping uh a, a, a aircraft payload, bombs, you know. What did you work on? A-10s. The A-10s? Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, I remember you sent me that picture. Yeah. <laughs> Jerk. Um, <clears throat> very jealous of, of that. Um, you know, we would be real close and then say, hey, you know, whatever's in the air, whatever's on station – whatever's supporting us in contact we want you to drop it right here and we have to say danger close to let them know that we're in that area you know that's all fun the adrenaline's going you know like you said earlier adrenaline junkies that's what we are Mm. you know adrenaline's going pumping yeah did you see that that was awesome and you take off and then you gotta the army teaches you how to do that very well military teaches you how to do that but what about when you come back home that adrenaline is gone they kind of frown on you know doing patrols around here <laughs> yeah. um, except for you but um they they kind of frown on randomly blowing things up you know, that adrenaline's gone so And a lot of veterans.
1: 20 pounds of tannerite right in my truck I should no. oh that's for later
2: <laughs> It's deer season coming up soon. We may need to borrow that um, jerky already made. Right. <laughs> but uh, we get into these modes that what do we do with it? Where do we go? We don't know. And the reason why myself and and Ken Patrickan, who you know eventually we'll have him on, started Warriors Hope was our motto is winning the battle after the war. Um. You're going to have these internal struggles. You know, I have these internal struggles. Same here. And it's just, we cause the secondary trauma to those around us. And as a therapist, you know, putting the therapist brain mode on, you know, secondary trauma you is a real change thing. your voice when you do that? Hello. <laughs> How you doing? No. Um, <laughs> Yes, uh, we will not be serious for long on this podcast. Um, we, we will interact. That's just sarcasm is is a defense mechanism, and we do it very well. Yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, I have a degree in sarcasm. Did you know that? Just a degree? Yeah. I, they gave me an honorary doctorate. I was so good. No. Well, you're a doctor, so you can do that. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, when you're working with secondary trauma, it's basically the effects of the primary trauma to the individual who was not even involved. And, yeah, I see it in those around me. Right. And, you know, yeah. I started this doing in the mental health thing to say, hey, maybe I can fix myself now, but I'm able to help others.
1: Right. And um, that should be your ultimate goal. Absolutely. You know, when you learn something, you should be able to process and... And help teach that and spread that because it does no good um, to, to keep something like that a breakthrough. Keep somebody from their breakthrough.
2: Absolutely. And surviving danger close, and I
1: liked how you had put it. Um, do you remember how you did or do I have to look it up? Uh, probably something about uh, danger being uh, right outside my door. Yeah. Um
2: scrolling. Eh,
1: He's scrolling. Hold I'm on. scrolling. We talk a lot. Yeah. Not in person cuz we can't stand people. Yeah. <laughs> I hate everybody equally. It's okay. <laughs> Just kidding. We love you folks. We want you to listen. Subscribe. Hit like. like.
2: Can we say like? Oh, can we? know. I'm well, trying we to have find a it. Facebook page, so. Oh yeah, yeah we will right, have yeah. a Facebook yeah. page if John ever gets on it cuz, you know, I'm he's not it. busy at all.
1: I need to I need to Yeah. <laughs>
2: Oh yeah, it's past all the names. Okay, I'm not going to find it, so I'm going to paraphrase. Perfect. Basically, you said danger close for a first responder. Danger is on that next call. You don't know if the next call is going to be you're going to help this person or this person's going to wake up and maybe not intentionally. Maybe he's just waking up and looking and saying there's strange people, strange faces. I need to go in defense mode. Or he's waking up saying, okay, it's a cops. Oh, shoot. Now I got to fight. Right? Or it could just be, you know, what you see in the movies the kitty cat stuck in the tree.
1: I haven't had one of those yet. Haven't had one? I I had a crocodile once. Excuse me, alligator.
2: Oh, is that the one that was?
1: Yep. Oh, sweet. down by Mayville. Had an alligator.
2: Yeah. It was a nice pet. Was that the, what was it, seven foot? Yes. Yes. I remember
1: that, reading that article took me back to my Louis- louisiana days down at fort polk i'm sorry i was hoping you weren't going to say polk but you did the armpit of the united states right next to fort so yeah
2: i don't know who i pissed off in and because i was at schofield barracks hawaii hmm. somebody has to go there and then also you got orders fort polk where's that louisiana why um that was pretty much the extent of the conversation you know i went
1: to fort sill once on my own accord i wanted to go why well, aside from the museum that they have there, um, the Artillery Museum, Yeah, I wanted to see Geronimo's yeah. grave.
2: Okay. Yeah, I'll give Geronimo you Geronimo
1: was buried there? Yep. Okay. Near there. Yep. Two, two of his wives also. <clears throat> ah. So we're going to the polygamy
2: circuit. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. It was cool, though. <laughs> it was cool. Cool to see his graves. I, you know, I, I don't know why that is. I, I think those are kind of cool. I, I enjoy yeah. I enjoy walking through the cemetery, looking at the dates and the how people served and, and things like oh, that. Yeah. and um,
2: Two uh, two guys from my old unit are buried in Arlington. One was before I got there from their previous deployment.
1: You're not resurrected. And, uh, you, you weren't at, in Arlington, right? You were at Arlington. We were at Arlington. Okay. What did I say? I don't know. I was just make sure you weren't resurrected.
2: Okay. Not yet. Um, but, yeah, one, was, one is buried there now, and I've been there twice to see him. And it's just walking through all those graves. The gravestones and just, you know, of course it's dress right dress and all that jazz, but It's humbling. It's just wow. Right. I don't know how you can describe it. And especially they give you a, a it's kind of like a grid print.
1: If you didn't pass land nav, you are not oh, navigating. You were, there was no lieutenant that was ever going to find a grave. <laughs> <in Hamilton. laughs> he needed about three,
2: four powerpoints and three NCOs just to get them into the gate. Uh, yeah, but if you're not good at land nav, you're not gonna find your way around there. No, um, no, not at all. <clears> but <throat> they gave us. We entered in um, his name, and we went to his grave site, and it was just when you get in there and you start seeing, you know, we see them as brothers,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but on there I saw son, father. Um, I'm not a very emotional guy, and I absolutely that place will lost do it to that. you. That place will. And on top of that, there was three honor funerals. Oh, have you wow. ever seen the honor funerals over
1: there? I have.
2: The horse and buggy, the carriage, mm-hmm. the marching behind it, the salute. Oh. I believe that's called a caisson, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, It's just, that—that that is, like you said, it's humbling. On that. It
1: is humbling because we often think that, and I'm going back to my veteran stuff, and, and even my first responder people, you know. Um, when we get a good job or a pat on the back, it's hard to take. Or when people, yeah. for me, it's like, I hate it when they say thank you for your service. I, I oh, do. Yeah. I hate it. Um, and with the, <clears throat> I mentioned it before with the environment for law enforcement right now. Um, I do have to say, I, I love the people in Tuscola County. They have been extremely gracious to us. I mean, it's to the point where now where they're like flagging us down on the road and you think they need help. And then they're like, oh no, just thank you for Thank you for serving. Oh, you know what? Thank you for your support because it's, yeah. it really means a lot right now. Um, but a lot of times we we don't want to hear thank you for your service, whether it be a veteran or, or a first responder, because we don't think what we do is important. Um, maybe this is just my thoughts. Um, I don't feel like I have done anything great because I haven't given anything. You know, I haven't I – ha- I'm not like local native Travis Mills and, and mm-hmm. lost – all four of my limbs, yep. you know, I, I haven't, I haven't sacrificed what I feel is enough. Although right. I look back and I've sacrificed my three children, my first wife, myself, you know, like there are parts of me that are gone that I'll never get back because of of my what service. They,
2: what if they came up and said, "Thank you for your
1: survival," man, that'd be amazing.
2: Because that's really what surviving danger close is all about. Because we did survive
1: we did i mean it, uh, it, it's and there for a while it was an everyday battle man
2: yeah i mean did you ever go overseas yes so yeah every time we went outside that wire it didn't matter if we were going for you know hey we're just gonna go stage up here um you remember when uh president bush came went over to iraq he got that <laughs> sandal thrown at him uh-huh. yeah qrf my unit
1: oh nice um
2: yeah that was fun um over a sandal but anyways that's a, that's for another story um every day we walked out and even when we were in what we called the safe zone i got blown up more in the safe zone than i did when i was out in patrol (laughs) there was less people out on patrol yeah in the
1: safe zone everybody's there
2: yeah and we would get incoming i landed december 25th first time walked off the plane went to the chapels the staging area said okay you guys are staying here for tonight and then you're going out all right Christmas day, I'm walking to where I'm sleeping for the night. Six rockets go
1: over top incoming.
2: And it was that was our Merry Christmas.
1: Yeah. You remember running to the bunker for the first time? Did you did you have bunkers? I
2: was so tired and I had all my gear with me plus my friend's gear cuz right, he right. got pulled for another detail. Awesome. There was no running at all. Okay. It was either,
1: so this is going to be the end, or I'm just going to keep walking and my head's going to hit the pillow. So, the first time I was in Al Karj, um, in, Al Saudi, Karj in Saudi Arabia, yes. sorry. Uh, it's also known as Al's Garage during Desert Storm. <laughs> um, I'm not that old, but <laughs> pushing it. <laughs> right. Um, uh, Pete Drew Russell, he's, he's a Desert Storm vet, I believe. He's a Reese native. Pete, good evening. Um, but anyway, uh, he follows me regularly. Um, but you know, the first time we had Gee, these, I'm
2: a therapist, come and see me later. Right. We'll talk this thing out. If well, you're purposely he did my sister it.
1: for a minute. So he probably really does need mental health service. You heard um, it here first, folks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, it, we were there and you know, um, air force bases, they, they keep it separate. You know, the flight line and everything, uh, flight line support. You just don't want us to see your defect. What defect? See, I've always been maintenance, so oh, I, never, okay. I was never part of the chair force.
2: Okay, <laughs> <All> right, I'll, <laughs> I'll give you that one. I was
1: a maintenance field. Now, for um, those civilians, the Air Force defect is, oof, well, it's like going. i got a story about that, though, too. Okay, I'll let you explain it. Maybe, yeah, we'll see how we're doing on time. Yeah. And uh, Jared's checking his watch. But anyway.
0: <laughs> we're at 20 minutes.
1: Okay, perfect. Oh, uh, we got plenty. Oh. of time. Lots of time. I would sit back, but the microphone's not, not, not far enough. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, we, we were brace. there. Ops Town was everybody that supported the flight line, right? Yep. So, Ops Town is where the, the skiff is. I, I'll, I can't really explain that. It's okay. top secret. I have to tell you. Um, <laughs> you want to reach in there? You look like you were getting ready to talk. No, I, okay. I'm
2: trying to figure out how to explain it. Um, Actually, I'd, I'd want them to go ahead and take you out so he could tell me. <laughs> I think my clearance is, is still... No, No, my clearance no, no, is gone.
1: No, no. We were retired. Now we that's gone. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's it, on the internet, right? So <laughs> it's it's the yeah. internet. Look it up. Google it. Google up, it. Right. <laughs> it's right underneath. Now, stay out of politics. Uh, <laughs> Ukraine. Biden. What? Um, so, Obsta uh, is over here, here editing these days, and and then um, Tent City was across the ways, right? And so and Tent
2: City is where all the enlisted went. You yes, know, the scum of the earth kind of thing. Well, thank you. I feel better about myself. Hey, I was He's enlisted, He's a hell of a therapist. Uh, <laughs> I was enlisted, too. Hey, I told you, we put on different brains. My boxes are mixing right now. It's not good.
1: Right? Well, it's, I had my brain. That's why I went to the Air Force. But, um, you know, we're in the tents, yeah. and, and yeah. the first time okay. the rockets start coming in, we also had these uh, biological <laughs> warfare sniffers. They, oh, they, yeah. they took air yep. samples. Yep. So the rockets didn't really bother me. Like, the first couple times, like, oh, shit, it's about to get real. And you run to, through the through the sand to get to your bunker, and there's like 40 people in there, and you're all in your cam gear and your flak jackets and helmets. Now, mind
2: you, this bunker is probably made for about 15.
1: Yes, it's like an elevator, really. Yeah. So you're in China. a
2: six by six. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so. Pack them in. Uh, you know, and you know, and, and and you know, you want to take that mask off to to just breathe, but you can't, right? Because the sniffers are also. It prepared you alarm. for
2: twenty twenty. <laughs> right, right.
1: <laughs> but man, I was twenty twenty before twenty twenty was twenty twenty. <laughs> um, I, I was partying like Prince back in nineteen ninety nine. But anyway, yes, I am that old. Uh, but no yeah, comment. <laughs> right. Right. Um. But you know that that was the thing was like man you know that was really scary and then you kind of once you start going through some things you're like this ain't nothing It's no big deal yeah. what the hell's the problem let's just keep working and you uh, could
2: always tell the new units
1: oh absolutely well we that never really CERN would go off we'd always do turn and burns meaning oh yeah the people true. the people that were we were replacing were getting on the plane we just came in on
2: i was on uh vbc Victory Base Complex, there. I'm
1: glad you explained that because on audio that was. No, on audio that probably sounded like something else.
2: Oh, yeah, that's true. (laughs) It's a place, not a thing. (laughs) Jared is shaking his head. What did I sign up for? I think he's blushing. (laughs) So I was on Victory Base Complex, which is where most people flew into Iraq. And it was like, so we had new units coming in all the time. Mm -hmm. The alarm would come off incoming, incoming. And it's like, you would see, it's like the cartoons. You'd see puffs of smoke and then guys right, go right, right. And equipment slowly following them. And I was there for 15 months. And I remember we had a guy come over from a no-name media source. And our Sergeant Major looked at me and said, Sergeant Weidman, you're taking him. Oh, great. Okay, Roger, got it. And we walk outside of the talk, which is a tactical operation centers. Um, that's where kind of the brains of the operation is a uh, very confusing place too many officers if you're an officer listening i'm not sorry um so we took i took him out of the talk and that alarm goes off and he's like do we have to worry about anything do we have to run anywhere I'm like no this time i've been there for like nine ten months i right. still got five six more to go look man i'm not running anywhere yeah i'm like i run at the gym <laughs> and if somebody's shooting at me i haven't heard anything yet and then it erupts. It landed maybe 200 meters away. It was a 60 millimeter, came in. Somebody's yelling over there, and we heard the C Rams. You know what that is, right?
1: Yeah, but do you have a Jared's How do you explain?
2: Yeah, Jared's already over here. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> C Ram. Uh, they're called something else when they're on a boat.
1: Uh, n- to be clear, I've never been anywhere that's had water, so I'm just saying.
2: Yeah, somehow they. they got these C-Rams, which are automatic the, weapons.
1: They're like a R2-D2 looking thing on a, on a ship.
2: Right? Yeah, R2-D2 on steroids. Yeah, About as tall as C-3PO. Right. No, we're not nerding out here. Um, and I heard that thing go off. And what it does is you have the artillery round or the round incoming, and it tracks it until it starts its downward trend, and then it shoots, I don't know how many rounds a second, but... All I heard was that thing go off, that Gatlin gun go off, and I saw yellow tracers, and I look up, and it took the one out right above our head. I mean, it was, they said it was probably going down within the grid square that we were standing in, and I remember looking at the the reporter, and he's wide-eyed, pale, I thought he was going to pass out, and I'm like, see, the alarm's harmless. <laughs> <laughs> and while we go out and we go running out to where this guy is screaming, and somehow he was right near the point of impact where the round landed and got hit with a rock. trapped <laughs> missed him, but he got a rock in the leg. And uh, the next day, I went to go pick up that reporter. The guy that was in charge of the area he was staying in says, oh, he left on the next flight after you dropped him off. <laughs> And you look at that, you know, looking back on it, yeah, I can see where that guy, you yeah, know, okay, yeah, I, I should have been a little bit more, but at that time, yeah, you didn't know. No, it was the ones you didn't hear, you worried about. If you heard it, ah, we're good.
1: Right, right. You know, but you know, talking about that reporter just kind of taking off, you know, it it reminds me like when you have experienced some things, you forget what it's like to be new. Yeah, You forget what it's like to, buy, to be naive or not experience the, the thrills yet. Um, it, it takes me back to this one time um, that I admit I screwed up. Uh, so I had this, this training. You heard right? it first here. Right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I should write a book about those, but anyway. Um, so this training. How many
2: series do you think it'd be?
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, do you remember encyclopedias? <laughs>
2: Yeah, my wife claims she read every one of them, and okay. I believe her.
1: Well, I'm that old, too. So uh, um, this trainee, his his trainer was off for the day, so he got a free pass, right? Which means he could he could just either, you know, it was up to me whether to let him drive and handle calls or, um, you know, just sit in the passenger seat and be quiet, and I'd just do everything like my normal day.
0: And
1: this is with law enforcement. This is with law enforcement, yes. I'm sorry. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and let you drive because today's a free day for you. So I handle all the complaints, and if you screw up, it's no harm, no foul, right? Because we, when we're going through training, we have a, a, a basically like a daily report where we're graded on how we handle different calls, you know, initiative stuff like that.
2: So if this was the day to screw up. It was that
1: day. For it you. was that day for sure right. for, for everybody, right? So. <clears throat> Yeah, I remember it was starting to snow, and, and no cop likes to see the snow come or icy roads because we can't drive fast anymore. Yeah, right. You got to slow down because you, you're gonna you lose You got to control it. your adrenaline. Sure, which is tough. So it was a medical call. Uh, anybody that knows me, especially my MMR people, uh, that's a local ambulance service in this area. Um, I try and make it to every call that they might need help on CPRs, full of arrests. I'm there. Right, cupboard doors. Uh, yep, cupboard doors. Um,
2: we may have to get to
1: that story today. Okay, I think we've referenced
2: it enough. We may probably to to for,
1: maybe intrigue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this this elderly man had gotten home uh, from the doctors, ironically, <laughs> and uh, he went into full arrest in his garage. And the mailman uh, was delivering the mail, and uh, he's a local fireman. And he saw the man go down, and, and he went running into the garage there and started CPR. And this house is just remote, right? Like, there's there are parts in this county that just are remote, okay? It, there's no good way to get there. There's no easy way to get there. And the weather just makes that even that much harder.
2: I usually explain it that to get to our area, you have to get lost first.
1: right. And, and then, then it's you, easier Then to you find
2: your way, and you get lost again, and that's where we're
1: at. Sure. And so I tell the kid, like, we should head there. Now, I don't know about you, but, like, if I'm new and I'm behind the, the key, you know, if I'm behind the driver's seat or in the driver's seat of a nice charger, I'm probably, my, my trainer says, punch it, I'm gone, right? Like, I can tell you how fast I've had that charger before, but I'm not going to admit to it. So he's, he's like, doing 50, Right? Fifty five. I'm like, uh you know this guy's dying, right? We we don't need to wait till he's dead. <laughs> I mean it's of We don't need to beat the morgue there. We need to right. beat the We need to there. get there, right? I <laughs> said step it up. So now we're doing sixty. I'm like, look, kid. Um and it's still snowing, right? Yeah, it's still snowing. I'm okay. like I'm like, you know trust your ability. If this is as fast as you can go, that's fine. However, freaking move. So he finally gets going. 62? Uh, maybe faster than that. Uh, 62 and, and, we and get there. <laughs> And Well, he's a Marine, too. I forgot. Poor kid. He's a Marine. You should have led with that story. Now it makes sense. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> God, it hit me. I, you'll find through this program I have memory loss, but it's my brain damage. Uh, that became yeah. issued, too. I don't know. Uncle Sam gave me that. Um, oh, yeah. That, that was my medical retirement. But anyway... Uh, <laughs> we get there and i'm like all right kid go ahead and start cpr i'll start collecting the information because at this point we took too long i know this guy's not gonna make it right it's just been too long i never realized this dude's never done cpr before
2: on a living uh well, partially living on body. a human on a human yeah what about a dummy
1: yeah you know he'd been well i mean he was a marine so it could have been a human and a dummy but, yeah. um, you know, yeah. he's been trained in CPR. He's been trained in first aid. You know, Our first episode, we're going to be banned by every Marine unit now. Right. That's okay. <laughs> it's okay. They'll be cracking jokes about the Army and the Air Force, and then we'll just pull out the big brother Navy card, and they'll go crying back to paint the rocks yeah. red and gold. Um, but anyway. Uh, Jared's you know, probably regretting signing up on this. Because right.
2: his name's on it, too.
1: <laughs> This won't. This will not be on his resume.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, we Aren't got a you got a laugh. Part at of him. that? Oh, no, 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 that no, wasn't me. It's another guy. Um, but well, you know, different. it never hit me that this dude had never done CPR before. Like that's you, that's part of your job, right? But, but you have to be
0: trained on it, though.
1: And he was. You know, I mean, he, even in the Marine Corps, he was. You know, but it, again, it's it's one of those things that. You you take probably even in your factory where you work you've done CPR
0: training
1: training yeah but you never think you'll really use it right yeah, like no, not to right so I didn't even didn't even have a clue that this kid just watched this man die underneath his hands right oh, and no. and I'm like dude you you all right like it's cool he was old <laughs> you know what I mean like it's for the better like for those civilians out there. That are probably thinking that we're,
2: here comes the disclaimer, demented, um, morbid, well we are, but you know, it's because of what we've gone through, we tend to put a value on life, is that saying that right, you think? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, and when we see as much death that I know I've seen, and I'm sure you've
1: seen, at least Um, from
2: talking the last few months. People
1: say I'm the angel of death. Because it kind of follows me. Well, this is the last podcast. Um. <laughs> <laughs> first and last. First and last.
2: Uh, you know, we, we can make jokes about that because, you know, well, we've seen worse. We oh, absolutely. Compare, oh, well, this wasn't bad. And, and this You is the, should
1: have seen. And this is the dark sense of humor that first responders develop. And veterans, in, yeah. In order just to survive. This is that survival part. This is how we process the danger and the risks that we go through.
2: You know, we came up with that podcast name. I didn't realize our focus would be mainly on that survival part. Yeah. Not the danger close.
1: Huh. Huh.
2: Yeah. Crazy. See, we're learning things every day.
0: Hmm. And so that loops into the name, though. And so how does, how does this new guy, <coughs> this rookie, survive the danger clo- that was close to him? That's why he's
1: here us. to bring us back. Right. Full circle. <laughs> right. You know, and, and that was the thing I didn't know. Like, it, it escaped me. It wasn't until, like, three, four days later when the boss pulled me in and like, hey, uh, you realized that was his first time doing CPR, right? I'm like, so? Like, it, didn't, it still didn't hit me. Like Aunt. In your
2: mind, it won't be his last. Right. <laughs> your, your mind is already trained to go, okay, this call's done. It's time for the next time one. Time for
1: the next one, you know? And, and my wife's an RN at a local hospital. And uh, she laughs because she's like, dude, you run code more than I do. Oh you, yeah, you have done CPR like you know, uh, you know. I do three or four sets of CPR, and it's like Monday. You know what I mean? Like it, 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 well, I got seven more. And to he go. started working Tuesday, right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and you know what's nice is I do hear my MMR, my ambulance people thank me because <clears throat> it is tough. Mm-hmm. It it is hard work. Like we will do our protocols. We do CPR for forty five minutes, right before we call the the doctor and he says yay keep going and, nay go ahead and call it so for 45 minutes man you're pumping on somebody's hey, that's a chest workout. yeah so a lot of people kind of joke at me because i take my i have an external carrier for my a ballistic vest yeah my bulletproof vest i take that off like I'll, I'll start the first round of cpr but you know when it comes time to swap out that vest comes off man oh I, yeah whoo anyway i got a bad back too well, I think that you know, was issued.
2: I think that uh, standard issue to become a veteran. Okay. Back.
1: Well, cops too.
2: Yeah. See, and that's where, let's, let's bring this kind of all the way back around to the beginnings of what started essentially your path. I mean, you and I had not met. Oh, here comes the story.
1: Yes, yeah, so we're going to get to the cupboard door. It's great. Phenomenal. I can sense it. Hold on. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> It's not popcorn, folks. It's Reese's Pieces. Little did we know the three of us. That's our Kryptonite. One of many.
2: <laughs> um, so I moved into this area about three years ago. And we bought a, a new house. You know, finally had the hunting property I wanted. So we're, you know, it took me about six weeks to realize there was a house on this property. I was in the woods the whole time setting it up <laughs> for the next deer season. And then my wife says, I'm in the house. What house? um I'm oh married? that one <laughs> <What>? i'm married <laughs> <laughs> who are you <laughs> no my wife i i don't mean that no um so my memory isn't that bad yet <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i do have over 15 concussions so that, that may play i i might bail use that excuse um so the more concussions you have the the easier it is to get my concussions and i've got uh, tbi from deployment um tbi from a uh, serious truck accident.
1: TBI.
2: Oh, TBI. And there's Jared again, saving saving us again. Uh, traumatic brain injury. It's when your body hits something and your head is violently thrust about. Um, if you get in a car accident, you're traveling 55 miles an hour. Your brain is still traveling 55 miles an hour until it hits the the back part of your skull to bounce back. And that's essentially what people call whiplash too. I mean, I'm sure there's some medical persons get. No, it's really called this. Well, okay. In my layman's terms. Layman's terms. Very much so. Um, so my through, um, what's called blast. Um. Oh, now I'm forgetting the name. When you have a sound wave after an
1: explosion goes off, the sound wave comes first. See, that's where mine came from. Well, I, okay. have a, I have I have t- TBI, but I. The doctor asked me where it came from with that I guess it was a good one because I don't know
2: yeah those are always good ones um, and when the sound waves come through well your bones they stay still but your, your soft tissue resonates well, they keep moving right they kind like with a, it kind of like a speaker that's exactly moving yep and so yeah you know, I've got a two traumatic brain injuries um, multiple concussions um, majority of them in the service. And so I'm working in my kitchen. Uh, I'm helping my wife out in the kitchen by cleaning up the sole cabinet that I get, which is the highest one because I'm the only one in the house that can reach it. And I left the door open. And she goes, hey, can you grab that out of the garage? Well, it goes, she's in the other room. I'm standing in the kitchen. The garage is right off the kitchen. So I turn and my head smacks into that cupboard door. Now... I could go on the whole math and medical part of it. That when you every time you get a concussion, you're that much more percentage of a chance to get another concussion. Mm-hmm. Um, so and my head, whiplashed back, and I went to the floor, and then I blacked out. I I hit my head on the floor. That they the doc said that that's was the secondary impact of it. So I'm out, and. I start coming to, and this is all my wife said. She called nine one one, and I'll let John take over from there. Because I, I, like I said, I'm out for the, this part. You'll
0: probably have to bring your wife in sometime, to, <laughs> right. to fill in that gap. Clarify
2: the story. We don't have enough time because she, well, she's going to get off on something else. <laughs>
1: probably the list that I probably should be doing right now. <laughs> probably, you know, I don't. I remember it was near the end of my day. I remember that. Okay, yeah, it was like you saying it was like five o'clock ish, maybe five thirty. I know it was that dark in the springish time. Yeah, I and I get off at 6. So I, I knew it was in the end of my day, and I was like, man, that's close. But, um, you know, and if I start to get too personal, please cut me off. But your wife had told the dispatcher that he gets combative when he comes out of... Yeah,
2: I um, have uh, two anesthesiologists from my surgery that will definitely say that. Yeah. So um, They knew how to duck and weave. That's all I'm saying. Right.
1: So, you know... Your wife was really um, kind of scared for the EMS personnel, and they weren't really sure how you'd react coming out of it. So I was like, ah, "Fudge! I guess I should probably go." So I came out here, and you know your driveway is really easy to find. So I'm relaying <laughs> instructions back to the medical personnel. And
2: now you drive past this. You knew this place because you've driven oh, past. Oh yeah, I, you yeah. Drive this past it all the time.
1: I beep every day on my way home. Um, and oh, so I gotta stop calling in complaints for somebody hungry right, horn right right okay uh you know and, and striker was the first one to meet me of course that's uh, our
2: dog we'll get into him later and, on uh,
1: and your you know your wife was with you in the in the kitchen and i think it was your mom that let me in yep and uh anyway i i think you were just starting to come to and uh, your wife had given me kind of the brief background that you had just given everyone door. yep yeah, except she was holding the frying pan. I don't know. But anyway. Um, was that
2: the one with the debt? <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just remembered that, you know, she said you, you were a veteran. She You know, she said that, uh, you know, you're combative when you come out of it. Um, she kind of just gave me the brief rundown. So I remember this is where it gets kind of weird. Um, and I can't even say what I want to say because it would probably be offensive to somebody. But I remember holding your hand. All right. Fine. I said it. I was holding your hand. All right. <laughs> And I said, hey, man, it's cool. Which probably kept that hand from striking out, too. Right. Yeah, yeah. there was a motive behind it. Yeah. It wasn't because you're tall, dark, and handsome, that's for sure. Um,
2: well, I am tall. The dark and handsome part we'll
1: work on. Well, I'm the dark part of this Well, Oh, that's true. Yeah. So, And uh, so I, I just remember holding your hand and telling you it'd be cool. You know, it's, it'll be all right. We're here to help you. Um, I remember telling you that I was a veteran, too. You know, and it's probably one of the few times that I addressed myself as Sergeant Ramirez instead of Deputy Mm -hmm. Ramirez. And And
2: that was probably good, too, because, you know, being an NCO when I was in, hearing, oh, NCO, all right, Jared, non-commissioned officer. Um, The non-commissioned officer are what we call the enlisted, the E-1s, the privates, uh, private second class, first class specialist and on up to command sergeant major, uh, and then sergeant major of the army. Um, and then you got the officers. Somewhere in there you got this ozone black hole of warrant officers. I've, never, I've, I've only never met, met figured like them two, up.
1: but I don't know how you get to be that. I know one. Like he, he was
2: enlisted, and then he went in there, and he's like disappeared.
1: If there's any warrant officers out there, you're magical.
2: Yes, you are the unicorns of the military. And... So then you have the officers. Well, I was a non-commissioner. I mean, I did not have a commission, um, even though I had a degree and wasn't exactly bright when I went in. And went in enlisted and not Air Force. Um, yes, I admitted it on, on record. I went as enlisted, and the officers are the ones that are in charge of the units. Mm-hmm. Um, usually they're fresh out of college and they come in to take over a unit that is full of NCOs who have been through combat and everything, and it's their turn to lead. So it's, I almost feel sorry for them. Almost. Um, but anyways, addressing the rank, especially when I was in that combative mode, probably helped me realize, okay, <laughs> number one, I hear English. Number two, I hear something I recognize. Right. It, it brought some normalcy back.
1: Because no like, matter where you didn't you're know what at, was going on, yeah. but that was enough to be like, oh wait, I remember this part.
2: I got this part. Yeah, the sergeant part. I don't know
1: who that ugly mug is, but
2: I got the sergeant part. Um, but it's like anywhere in the world, if you meet somebody that outranks you when you're active duty and they're active duty and in uniform, you know, it doesn't matter what their last name is; they've got that rank, right? that—that that is dressed, their first name. Yeah, that is their <laughs> first name. I had guys all the time in my unit. You know, Hey, what's your first name, Sergeant? Right. right. No, 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 really. No, really. And when you get equal rank, then I will let you know my first name. But no, sure. First name is Sergeant. Yeah. So sorry,
1: go on. And and you'd you'd lost consciousness a couple couple more times on us. I think they said twelve. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And uh you know, there's a there's a little baby phase. His name's Austin. He was there that night. Scared shitless. Right?
2: Was that the MMR?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's or are he, they, mobile
2: medical response? Yeah,
1: yeah. He looks like he's 12.
2: That's who my wife was saying. Yeah. Because I woke up, he's and blonde, she goes, He's just
1: like a She's toothpick. talking to the doctor who looks like he like needs he was a booster 16. seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Doogie Hauser or something. Right? <laughs> so he's like, well, I think he's going to do yourself herself now. <laughs> Maybe. Um, and uh, anyway, we we get you on the cot and we're wheeling you out to the bus. And, and uh, do you remember what the last thing you told me was before I. Before I say goodbye, I don't remember you being there. All right, perfect. This is cool. I can make up whatever I want. Yeah, probably. So we're in the back of the ambulance, and uh, he's still, he's holding my hand now, right? Because I tried pulling away, but he just held it tighter. So he, he's holding my hand now, and I'm telling him it's all right. We're still here to help him, because like you said, we're, he's lost consciousness like 12 times. So each time he's waking up combative and confused, right? And each time I would address myself as sergeant. And the last thing he asked me as we were shutting the doors on the, on the ambulance and I told him to take care, he was going to go get help was you asked me to tie your hands down.
2: Hmm. Nope. You asked me to that.
1: tie your hands down so you didn't hit the poor kid.
2: No, never, never.
1: That would have traumatized him. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our, that's how we met. <laughs> Totally healthy relationship, I promise.
2: Yes. And then we met for coffee a couple of weeks later, I think, or a month or two.
1: Yeah. Before COVID
2: all, yeah, all came
1: around. Yeah. Yeah. Those were the days.
2: Yeah. And then uh, from there, um, you know, he's doing his thing. I'm doing mine. COVID hits. A lot of time on our hands Well, you're supposed to. But when you're married, the list just gets longer when you have time off. Okay. Um so, well, luckily,
1: we were both first, my wife and I are both first. Uh, yeah. Uh, criti- essential employees. Is, thank you. Yes, thank essential you. Employees. Essential employees. So, yes, we didn't have time off. Yeah.
2: Um, in mental health, when you're, at that time, I was in substance abuse counseling.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Not me. I ran it. Okay. thank you for, <laughs> okay. Although, these things are pretty good, though. Right. Um, so, most of mine came you from. You could
1: You didn't have to put them back. Fine. There you go. Just for you. It's like no, double dipping at my a mouthful. party, man.
2: <laughs> so, most of my clients at the time were probation parole. <laughs> okay. Um, you lock them up, I get them when they're unlocked. And... No thanks. He's uh,
1: taking a right. picture. We're here. gonna do a little behind the scenes photo. Oh yeah, this is behind oh, the scenes.
2: Yeah, that's
0: true. Oh, it's video. Yeah, oh,
2: yeah, <laughs> he's videoing. It's one of those smile for the picture and get their videoing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just pulled it on us. <laughs> so I went from 35 clients a week down to seven. So my company said, you know what? It's just not working out for us right now, of course. And so I got laid off. And the whole time, I'm trying to pour into Warrior's Hope. Well, there's not much we can do there. And I'm like, you know, I just had this thing. You know, I wouldn't mind doing a podcast. I started listening to a lot of podcasts, realized what I wanted to do, what I didn't want to do. And, you know, I was like, oh, I just got to find somebody. And then this whole covered door incident happens. And my wife, she is going to take credit for it. So I've got to give her credit. She was like, well, why don't you call it to John and see if it's something he wants to do so I wrote this thing that we're going to cover in later episodes and you know and I sent it to you yes and I was like hey let's do a podcast or no I just want to do a video at the time right I was just like hey let's do this three three series video and go from there and see what happens but what I didn't know, and I'll let you take over from here, is what had you been thinking?
1: Sorry, I was an- answering something. Uh-huh,
2: uh-huh. <laughs> Typical Air Force. Right.
1: We're on lunch. Right. <laughs> no,
2: you. Uh, I sent you that, that essay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which will be a novel and multi-series, I think. But um, I sent you that, and I was like, hey, what do you think of this?
1: Yeah. Uh, and I said, well, it's kind of funny because uh, I've been wanting to do a podcast, but... I wasn't sure of the timing. And I remember getting that text back. I think it was a
2: couple. I think you may have been working. I got that text back, and I just laid down, and I bolted back up. My wife is like, oh, what's wrong? What's going on? I'm like, he just texted back that he wants to do a podcast. She goes, okay, why is that important? Because I haven't even told her at this <laughs> point yet. I'm like, because that's what I've been wanting to do. And she goes, well, just do it together. And basically I was like, do it today. Tell them that you'll go ahead and do it with them, and let's go to sleep. <laughs> and... So then it came to, oh, it took us, what, a week to get this name?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was constant texting back and forth. We got Danger Close,
2: and that just wasn't enough. And by constant, he means literal constant. Um, I think it was in between compressions. He was like, oh, that's a good name. Let me text that real quick. Okay, back. Where was I? One, two. (laughs) And um, so we came up with Surviving Danger Close because... I know my aspect with being with Warriors Hope and um, our other program, Pause for Boots, and all the stuff that we'll get into later, we're not just here for the first responders. Right. Um, Absolutely. We're not just here for the veterans. We're here for the families as well. And if we can even, you know, however long we end up doing this. So, you know, we do 10 podcasts. We do 10 years of podcasts. If we reach one person,
1: absolutely. Yeah, that that that's enough. You know, when when I started my uh, um, project before, we're at fifty. Oh, I oh, got what ten cool. minutes. All right, we'll we'll start winding it down. But I don't read I, lips very well, so just so like <laughs> you no, John. Um, you know, when I started my little project before, uh, reaching out and helping first responders, um. I've lost my track, just like that. God, I'm like seventy. TBIs. See, that's right. what that's what TBIs do. Wear yeah. your helmets, kids. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and don't take it off if somebody's going to throw a nine-foot rocket at you, either. Right. What were you just saying? You're going about your last deal, and how, Jared? So why do you want?
0: What's important about this podcast to you, and what do you want to get out of it, or put out? So you were talking about what you did previously. Because I was talking about reaching so out to now, families. That's what it so was. Now, so now you want
2: to reach out. He's gone. This is embarrassing. <laughs>
1: right. This is
2: embarrassing. Wow. Next topic. What do we got, Jerry? Right. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> we're going to replay this later. Oh, now I get right. right. We'll, we'll make notes. Don't worry. I'll we'll have that We'll do one too.
0: of those retraction type parts we yeah. the episode. We'll okay. So when I said this, I
2: really meant. Right. No, but we're doing this for the families. Uh, as well and it's just you know we got a lot like jared yeah he's i've dealt with him on a couple things we'll get into that later on but he's sitting here not just as a producer not just as the sound guy the guy that you know smarter than the two of us put together he's here
1: for we both have brain injuries mm -hmm. let's be clear So it's really not saying much, is it?
0: Sorry, Drew. I think
2: I I meant it a compliment. Somehow we do an insult.
0: Number one is number one. That's all that matters.
2: (laughs) And but it's you know he there there's so much that civilians want to do to help. I mean, we talked earlier about you know thank you for your service. No, it's to us. It was survival. You know, to us it was. I'm doing this patrol so I can get back. Oh, you remember now? It came back to me. All right. Let me lose my train of thought first. (laughs) (laughs) Jerry, take notes. I got to write this down. (laughs) He is, folks. He's type. No, he's not. Um, And, you know, it's for those that just want to come out and, and they don't know what to do. They don't know what to say. But it's also for the families that are dealing with that secondary trauma of, you know, why is my husband the way he is? Or my wife or my son, daughter, whoever, whatever the relation may be, why are they this way at work? They're happier at work than they are at home. Then they come home, and it's hell. There's no way to get around saying it. It, It's hell. You've been talking to my wife? No, my wife. Oh, have they been talking? Ooh, that could be (laughs) bad. That could be bad for both of us. And, you know, I saw what that did to my kids. Right. And I was in the mental health field. It was my job, was to help others. But, yeah, every time I looked in the mirror, I didn't see... The guy that everybody thought was all together. You know, when I looked in the mirror, I saw the guy that was in a mental sling or crutches. and Because in my mind, it was like... You were on a
1: medical waiver. I was on a medical <laughs> waiver,
2: absolutely. You are a waiver, baby. <laughs> but I saw somebody completely different. And it's like somebody took everything I knew about mental health and had been learning. And it's like a snow globe. Shook it, and nothing's where I put it now. Mm. So you had your, you remember? Or did yeah, you, yeah, again?
1: When Earlier when you said you, you'd hope that no matter how long we do this, we just reach one person. Right. You know, and I had that same train of thought in my last project. And, you know, I wasn't really sure. People always give you the, you know, they like your, you know, they liked my videos. I used to do Wellness Wednesdays and, you know, they liked the videos and they would like the motivational stuff that I would post on my Facebook page and, and this and that and the other. But you never really know if you make a difference. Yeah. Right? Like, when I was a little kid, backstory. When I was a, a little, little kid, my grandfather always used to tell me that, that I would in be president. In the horse-drawn wagon? Yes. Okay. And he would tell me that I was going to be president, right? Well, this, all right, this is where I'm going to age myself. All right. This was when Reagan was in office, okay? Do you remember Reagan? I remember. Okay. Reagan. Um, I'm not that much younger than you. <laughs> and uh, I said, you know, I don't, I don't really want to be president you know like i i at, you know at 5 years old you don't understand what he got happenings. shot <laughs> right right yeah he was an actor <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway um you know i didn't want you know, i didn't i didn't want to be that you know i mean that's his way of making you feel important and feel good and my grandfather was also a world war 2 vet and um you know it, it just you want to how do I want to say it? I guess you you want to be something more, right? You want to make a difference. And that's kind of like Mm -hmm. my whole life purpose is I want to make a difference. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what job that would ever lead me down. Right. Um, so (laughs) what, what's that fancy word that that people with lots of money get called when they're, when they make influence or differences in the world, a donation. Okay. I can't (laughs) afford that. But anyway, uh, (laughs) Isn't it like a philanthropist or something? Yes. yes. See, yep. see, yep. see, I, I, I Googled that once. Cause it's like, you hear it and you're hey, like, wow, even a stop
2: important. clock is tw- right twice a day. Now for those young kids, that's analog, not digital, right? If your digital
1: clock stopped. It's done. Right. So I was like, I want to be that, right? Like I want to have influence. I want to make a difference. How the heck do I do that? This, this right here, right? right. It's what we learn and we're sharing it. So getting back to t- to, to reaching out to one person, um, you know, we talk about a lot a lot about suicides. It's a leading cause of death of first responders. Oh. Um, it's it's almost three to one to the average citizen. And to, the most powerful thing that I ever got out of my last project was sitting across the table, um, just like we are with Jared. And, and the first responder told me, he's like, you don't realize it, but when you were going to leave tonight, I was going to kill myself. But because you took wow. time out of your day and drove here, you've talked me out of it. And... That, that was my one. You showed him value. That was my one. So, say what you want about my last project. That sucker was a success.
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, well, we are closing. Closing. Um, this is surviving danger close. Um, just two normal. Well, <laughs> abnormal normally, guys. Right. We're making trauma normal. And that's really what we're doing. We want if you're listening to this and you're going through something that you just, okay, the world doesn't know what I, what I'm going through. And you know what? You're absolutely right. The world does not know what you're going through, but we've got an idea. I will never tell a, a client or somebody I'm talking to that I understand what you're going through because I never will. No. Um, but I have an idea and we've gotten to the point where, you know, there'll be times on this show, I'm sure we'll share something that, oh, huh, I didn't realize it was going to go that way. Right. right. And, um, like, covered doors. And maybe that's what we should have called it, the covered door podcast. Um, But no, we'll get to a point where it was like, wow, that was really... When we turned the mics off, wow, that was hard. Uh, I, I wasn't expecting to say that or to share that. But you know what? That's what we need to be doing. So many times military first responders say keep it closed keep it closed you know go to the next call um you know but what do you do after the call what do you do when you're home and you know you don't wear your vest at home because that's your safe zone neither do we wear a mental vest at home that's why we hurt the ones that are dangerously close to us mm-hmm. so it's not just about surviving the danger that's in our life it's about helping us and helping our families to survive danger close calls
1: at Mm -hmm. home absolutely any last words john well i hope everybody that tunes in tonight enjoys the program Uh, as you can tell we kind of ad-lib some things here off the cuff wait we had a script you didn't send that to me oh okay good um totally hopefully comedic sarcastic and just enjoyable where we talk about real life stuff
2: um oh we never said how often we're going to do this
1: every other week every other week
2: so once you're hooked you're stuck with us at least every other week.
1: Like it, share it, and uh, promise there'll be more substance next, next show.
2: He does. I, I, I don't make promises. I don't know if I can keep <laughs> Well, all thanks,
1: right. Jared, for the help. Thank, Thank you all you, for tuning in tonight. And we'll see you next time on Surviving Danger Close.
2: Cue the music. Oh, we got music. <laughs> that was extra.